Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. make you in the man's eyes a bad person it doesn't make you any less desirable or even lovable not at all what it does make however for the man is exceedingly difficult to marry you sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life welcome to make him wonder with coach paula grooms where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Will He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 35-year-old Amanda, who is the ex-girlfriend of 33-year-old Michael. Amanda wants to know how she can get Michael back now that he claims he is in love with a new girlfriend. Amanda doesn't want to feel like she is begging Michael, so she's confused how to bring Michael back without feeling like she's losing her dignity by begging. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Paula. Absolutely. How long have you wanted to get back with Michael? It's been four years since our breakup, and I have um, really thought about first moving on, but then I realized that I do want him to be with him only. So it's been about four years that I've I've only thought about him. Wow. That's that's quite a, a time in your relatively young life. So from 31 until now. Yes. What has happened in your life in those four years? I uh, thought that at first that I should move away from him to kind of start a new life. So I moved from Chicago to California and where my parents live and where I grew up before I moved uh, to Chicago for school. And um, I've just been here with my family, um, with my friends working. So just trying to think that I could meet new people, be in a new place, um, discover new things. But I found myself thinking more about him and the life that I left more than what I want to do here. I see. And is he in Chicago still? He is. Oh, okay. So for four years during that time, what has been the contact, if any, and what has any um, relationship in terms of texting? How often 
Have you been back and forth with him? What has happened with him in that four years? So when I first moved to California, I made a decision that I was going to do no contact with him. Um, I just was fresh off the breakup. I really thought that I could start this new life. So I actually um, blocked him in every way. And he was the one he actually, I didn't know that this was possible, but he made uh, fake Google numbers. And he would call me from Google numbers that I um, didn't have deleted or blocked so that I couldn't block him. Um, he wrote me emails. He even came here to uh, visit me. And he was here for about four or five days uh, to try to reconcile. Um, and then he went back home and I reincorporated the no contact. So I blocked him. I asked my mom, who she knows him very well because we had a 10-year relationship, um, not to answer any of his calls or texts. I told my friends to not um, answer him. Basically, he wrote me emails that I never replied to. And that was essentially how it went for about a year and a half, um, all the way up until 2018. And I felt really confident in my decision at that time. I was, you know, meeting up with my old friends. I was, you know, had a new job, had new friends, was going out. So I felt really good and about my decision. So, um, and then in 2018, I actually started to... Um, when life here kind of settled into its new normal, I felt very, um, like I started to miss my old friends. People were getting married, um, you know, up there, the colder season went away. So it was summertime again, and people were getting married. They were having their babies, and I found myself missing my old life. And um, my ex also, he wasn't contacting me as much, so I thought, you know, that's a good sign. But I didn't find myself exactly missing him. I kind of missed my old life. And then um, I decided to go and visit a few of my friends. And just being there again made me um, really miss and appreciate what I had before that I didn't realize that I would miss so much. And while I was there um, visiting my friends, he actually found out from one of my friends that I was there. And he asked for me to meet up with him, which we did. And um, we had an amazing time. It was, you know, like we were, like nothing ever happened, and it was just a really amazing time. So then when I went back home, I kind of just felt confused about how I felt and maybe, you know, that I rushed things or that I, even though it was a 10-year relationship and I really wanted to have a different life, but I just feel like it brought me back into a place of missing what everything that was good. So then when I um, came back, uh, he started to text me more, and we ended up talking. So we ended up talking for about four or five months. But I noticed things that he would say, like, I need to come and visit you, but then he wouldn't. Or, you know, he would wish me a happy birthday, but then, you know, not really say much else as far as to connect again. So that's when I figured that something else was going on, and that's when I realized that he was dating. He kind of gave up on trying to contact me um, when I was really pushing him away, and I think that he was a little bit confused, and I think that he had other girls that he was talking to, and he was kind of doing um, what I did the year before. So 
from there, um, I found out that I actually came back and it was the next summer, two years had gone by, and I um, went again back to uh, Chicago. I actually was invited to two weddings, so I was there for um, twice within the summertime, and we met up again, and he was just charming and amazing, and we always uh, connect as if we had never like been apart you know it's one of those people that you just know them for so long that whenever you get together again you don't feel like anything happened or any time had gone by so it felt really good he he actually told me that he you know loved me that he wanted to be back together and things like that and I at that point decided that I should give him a chance because time had gone by maybe he you know thought about some things and I've definitely thought about some things. So I thought that I would be more open to it. Um, when I went back uh, to California, I realized that he wasn't as um, communicative or he, he wasn't communicating with me as much as he was before. And I realized that I thought that he was pursuing other women as well. So I thought that I was like one of probably two or three in the lineup that he was talking to. And I thought that because sometimes, you know, he would say he would call me sometime, but he didn't. Or he would say, hey, can I call you another time? Or I'll text you tomorrow, things like that. So I just figured out on my own that he wasn't as serious about reconnecting as I thought he was. And then so I actually kind of got upset at that. And I felt like we were regressing back to how our relationship was before we ended. I ended it for good. So I decided to not communicate with him at all. And then um, after several months of that, with having no communication again, um, he started to call me and um, to email me again. And he said that he was 100% ready to be together and that he wanted to see me again. But by that time, it was actually three years later, the next summer. So um, I ended up going back there again um, for the summer. I had one wedding to go to when my girlfriends got married. And then again, um, I did see him. And that's actually, and that was actually this past summer. And I realized that he had a girlfriend that he did not tell me about, but he actually wanted to see me. And he made extra efforts to see me. He actually had my girlfriend's um, set up like a meeting with us because I wasn't answering his text um, at that time. And so when I was there back again, um, my girlfriends actually set us up to where we were together. But then, um, he did tell me that there was a girl that he was talking to. He just called her this girl. He didn't say that she was a girlfriend, nothing like that at that time. And then I found out, um, after meeting up with him several more times during this summer that he actually did have a girlfriend and that he's actually been with her for, uh, several, I think it was like two years. Um, but on and off, because this girlfriend also does not live where he lives. She's kind of like a long-distance girlfriend as well. She lives in another state close by. Um, so, But he decided to pursue her and not me, essentially, but still leading me on to believe that maybe we would still have something, you know, happen. So once I learned that, I actually told him that I wanted no contact because I felt played or used, you know, I didn't feel like he was completely honest with me. And so I cut off contact and that was in August of 2020. And he 
contacted me in September, usually I would block him, but I decided to not block him this time. I actually just um, left him. You know, I, I didn't block him. I didn't do any of my old things that I would do. So I saw a text message. He texted me in September, and he just said, I hope you're doing okay. That, that was all. It was a closed-end sentence, so I didn't reply back at all. Um, and then a few months went by, and then for Valentine's Day, he, I actually got a text message at, like, um, 4 in the morning. Um, and the text message read, uh, just said, hey. And I think that he was just testing to see if I blocked him or not, if that would go through, if it would show delivered or seen or read. So, um, and then for my birthday... Um, I didn't contact him, but for then for my birthday, he actually wrote me that, you know, he hopes he ha that I had an amazing birthday, that he wants to see me, that he's, that he apologized for this summer and that he would love to make amends and to see each other again. And then, um, I actually was going out of state for my birthday. So I, um, didn't text him. I said, Hey, I'm, you know, going out of state. So I'm with my friends right now. Um, and I didn't have communication with him. And then he said that he would text me again later, and he never did. And then come to find out that he actually got back together. I think that he texted me when he was not with his current girlfriend, that they had like a breakup um, of some sort, which is would probably be their second breakup within these, these two years time. And um, that he pursued me during that time. But now, uh, from what I saw something online that I actually, because we have so many mutual friends, there was just one thing that I saw that I think that they're back together. So I'm just kind of confused. And now um, the more time that I've spent apart from him has made me realize that I actually really want to be with him. Um, we've had over 10 years together and I just don't know what to do because I find myself um thinking only of him. I haven't been on a date myself for actually three years. I've done the no contact. I feel like I've pushed him away so much that now I'm just kind of, you know, lost. And I actually think that he's in love with this girl. Um, he told me that he loves her and that, you know, he's not sure how he feels about me. And I feel like the time and the distance that me and him have had apart from each other has enabled him to have a deeper relationship with this other person. So, and I just don't want that to happen. I don't want to actually lose him. I feel like a lot of time has gone by and I know what I want and I just don't know what to do from here. Um, and I don't want to like beg for him back, but I also, you know, don't want him to continue with this other person and uh, to miss out on all my chances with him potentially. So that's why I'm calling to see if you can help me with that. Well, thank you. You... We're so great in terms of, you know, being able to outline all of that for me and for our listeners. My heart goes out to you, but things certainly have changed. And one thing that we need to talk about before going into what you could or or may want to do or may not is the relationship you had prior to your first breakup whereby you moved to California and what prompted that breakup. So first, I want you to tell me how you met and what, for example, the first few months of your relationship was 
and then how it was the 10 years, if you were together all that time, or perhaps if you're just talking about the relationship in terms of 10 years total, but how long you were actually together before you moved to California. So first off, tell us how you met. Okay, so I actually moved to um, Illinois for college, and I met him I actually met his cousin first. His cousin owned a nightclub, and um, I just happened to meet all of his friends. And we became friends, um, but I actually met another man in college um, that I had a boyfriend, uh, that I, me and him started dating. So I did have a boyfriend when I first met him. So for about two years, we were only friends. Um, he would always pursue me. He would actually ask my girlfriends all the time. Um, he made friends with my friends to ask where we'll be so that we can hang out a lot. And at that time, that was actually the days of MySpace and the new Facebook. So long time ago, but um, he would uh, he added me on friends on all of those platforms. And then every time uh, he would, you know, ask me, hey, where are you girls going to be? And we would usually go to his cousin's club, and therefore it was really easy for us to be friends and make um, like a deeper connection because all of our friends were ended up being mutual friends. And my boyfriend in college, he was actually three years older than me, so he wouldn't go out as much as I did, but I would always go out with my girlfriends. And my now ex used to be one of those guys that would always be there, so we would always hang out. And then um, my ex... Uh, in our, my college boyfriend, he ended up moving away to another state. And him and I, we did long distance for about six months. And um, it ended up being that I realized that I didn't want to move to the other state that he moved to because he did ask me to eventually move with him once I finished college. And I just didn't see myself doing that. Um, I visited him about six times in six months, like once every month. But our relationship ended, um, and actually, what's really funny is that when our relationship ended, me and my college boyfriend, um, when my now ex-boyfriend found out that I was single, he actually um, made every effort to be everywhere where I was. So even when I had a girls' night with my girlfriends, he would actually already be at the restaurant where we would be just by himself so that he can sit next to me. Um, when I would go out, you know, just to have cocktails or, you know, after hour, happy hour drinks with my girlfriends or just to go to somewhere, he would actually show up and just be there. You know, he was very, he pursued me. Um, just, he just knew what he wanted. He, you know, told me that he was in love with me already for the two years before we uh, became boyfriend and girlfriend. So he just really, you know, knew what he wanted and, that really actually um, made me see him in a different light. The way that he pursued me um, was very attractive to me. I didn't realize that, you know, he was that serious about me. I thought that we would just be friends. And it really made me see him in a different way. And so um, we got together about two months after I broke up with my ex that moved away. That was away in the other state for about seven months at that point. So um, I felt really comfortable. I felt, you know, that I was going to move on. And it was amazing. Um, he introduced me to his family. Um, we got together in October. And by Christmas, well, I was already spending Christmas with his family, which I was very thankful for because my family was back home in uh, California. So he kind of, you know, made me feel like I was a part of his family very quickly in life and everything. 
And um, the other interesting thing that happened was that he was actually, he's, he's younger than me, um, so he was living with his parents at that time, but I had my own apartment, and I was actually moving to a different apartment. And he ended up kind of helping me move, but then what we noticed is that he was leaving his things at my place, and it was just easier with him with work and where I lived um, for us to live together. Um, that happened in June of the, so we got together in October. We were living together by June. So this is June of what year? This was 2011. Okay. And how long did you live together? We lived together for about three or four years, I, I believe it was. Okay. And what was it that prompted you to leave the relationship? and move back to California? Um, so growing up, I actually never thought that I would be married or have children. Um, so I know a lot of people ask, why was it 10 years and you know, no, no marriage or anything at that time? But um, I never wanted to be married and I never wanted to have children, or so I thought at that time. I was also still in college. He was two years younger than me. So those were not really thoughts that we had in our mind. Um, so my ex, after living together for about four years, he decided to purchase his own, uh, a home of his own. And um, by that point, we, uh, we were kind of, um, we weren't sure because I know that he was from a big family. He wanted to be married and have kids, and I wasn't sure. So at that point, he moved into his home and I stayed in the apartment that we shared together. So that kind of made, that was the beginning of us just kind of separating but still being together. And um, what ended up happening was that his father retired and he gave him one of his businesses. So my ex became busier with um, a business. And then two years after that, he actually purchased another business with, the, with how they were doing. So he ended up being, um, instead of a worker, he ended up being a boss of several workers and two businesses. And so what I realized, what I've noticed is that at that time, um, the stress of all of that kind of made him fall deeper into um, drinking or going out and being, you know, with his buddies and things like that, just kind of trying to escape his normal everyday life. And I was also working because, you know, I had my, my apartment and everything. So we, I didn't feel like we could see each other as often. And he kind of was doing his own thing at that point. And I also was, you know, hanging out with my girlfriends and things like that. So we kind of, that was the beginning of us drifting apart. And um, when I turned 30, I realized that I actually did want to have children and I do want to be married. And I, because of who my ex was and how um, he incorporated me into his family life, I saw the beauty of family and that I really wanted to share. Um, not only did I fall deeply in love with his family, that I wanted to actually have children of my own to give them that type of life. So I, um, I wanted that more and more, and so I let him know that. But at that point, he was so into um, going out with his friends and not really 
focusing on that type of thing at that time that it kind of pushed us away. And essentially, um, so I decided uh, a few years after that that I wasn't really getting anywhere there anymore. Um, I wasn't happy with the relationship and how it was. So I decided that I would move back to California. And I actually uh, gave up the lease to my apartment and I quit my job. And I had um, a moving van, everything was in boxes, everything. And I actually broke up with my boyfriend before then. Um, we broke, we were separated for about four months. Um, and then he uh, didn't know, but he came back to see me in my apartment to talk. And he, and I opened the door and he saw that I actually had moving boxes and he didn't know that I was moving. Um, and he didn't know that it was that serious. So he actually asked me if I could move in with him, that he didn't want to lose me and that we should be, you know, we should live together um, in his house. So after much thought, I decided that I could do that, that we would, you know, to give us another chance. And so I moved in with him um, instead of moving back home to California. So uh, we lived together for about a year. And within that year, it was just really horrible because he wasn't, um, I didn't realize how much he went out and how long he stayed out. And so he was going out probably from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes on a Wednesday night. He would play um, card games with his buddies on like a Monday night. They always had that tradition. So they got together. So essentially every night he was gone. And what I realized then is that he was not just hanging out with his buddies, but with other women. And that's when I decided to uh, leave him. I was going to leave. And then he was so distraught about that that he actually had his family come in and talk to the both of us on how we can not have, you know, me leave. And so we talked about all of the things that was going to happen. And he was very good for about six months. And he, you know, came home. We were good, everything like that. But then he regressed back to going out and then um, being with other women and things like that. And I just knew that, you know, on top of everything that already happened, I just realized that I wasn't getting anywhere. And I was, and I felt so hurt. I've never been, you know, hurt like that by him before. So I just knew that I couldn't do that anymore. I had to leave for my own self-respect and for his respect for me and just, you know, my own dignity essentially. So I moved away. I actually moved away on a day that he wasn't home. So he didn't know that I was planning to move. So he was not home. He actually came home to an empty house um, because I didn't want anyone else to, because his family, you know, to talk me out of it or anything like that, because it was already several years at that point that he was doing that type of behavior. And I just really had enough at that point. I was tired of, um, not being able to sleep at night because I was wondering where he was or, you know, having, um, him, you know, it just felt like a very like mother child where I was trying to see, you know, where he was. And that just wasn't who I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be a mom, but not his mom. And I just wanted him to be respectful of our relationship. So I ended up leaving on a weekend that he, I knew that he wouldn't be home. So that's how all of that happened. And that's when he, um, you know, came to my state and wanted to get back together and things like that. And then he tried for a long time, but I was just so hurt by everything that happened that I, you know, didn't think that I could ever feel like um, 
that we would be together again. But time has made me kind of soften up, and I feel like also I just, you know, he's tried a lot, and I feel like I pushed him away a lot. And if I could do it over, I would just do things a little bit differently, but I didn't have that knowledge um, in my anger before. I felt like I was just too angry to make those decisions or too upset or too hurt. So now I feel like I'm a little bit more clear-headed. And he's older, too. I know that he doesn't do a lot of that stuff anymore, so I just feel like it would be better. But now that he has another girlfriend, that just puts, you know, the plans on hold, essentially, of what I would want. Yes. And I feel for you. I'm, I'm listening to this and hearing that you kind of look back and say, oh, you know, I, I wish I'd done this a little differently, that a little differently. I have to tell you that um, what you did by the way that you left and the no contact, when you finally left for California and had no contact, it is why he pursued you in the way that he did. There's nothing as valuable and useful for a woman to use as no contact. But interestingly enough, you really didn't want him at that time. And that's why the no contact was easy to do. Is that a fair statement? That's correct. And then when you started entertaining his calls, I think you said you went back to Illinois for maybe a wedding or something. And when you saw him again, it was wonderful. At that time, did you have sex? We did. Okay. And from the times, you know, that you did see each other, did you have sex? Every time, yes. Okay. That, and I ask it for a reason, because for us, it's a natural thing that occurs because we're feeling something about the man, and the man obviously is feeling something about us. So it makes absolute sense. However, it shows a man something that doesn't allow for him to actually make a decision to make you the one. And I can tell you more about that, and I want to tell you why that is and explain more about how this is for him and then what you can do from here. And we'll do that in a moment. Looking to lure back an ex-love? Let Coach Paula help you get back together with a man you realize might be the one for you. Make the next time around a charm with complete commitment. Connect with Coach Paula Grooms on Instagram, Facebook, or at CoachPaulaGrooms.com. So we're back with 35-year-old Amanda, who is currently the ex-girlfriend of 33-year-old Michael. And Amanda has really come to a new place in her life, wanting to get back with Michael. It's at a long distance, even this breakup. Um, She's in California. He is in Illinois. And now he claims he is in love with a new girl, and yet he has, as early as or as recently as this past summer, meaning summer of 2020, he actually was kind of 
leading you to believe, Amanda, that he was interested in, in getting back? Is that the case? That's correct. And so when he was kind of doing this, uh, I assumed that you, I think you went there for uh, some other event and he found out and got in touch with you and kind of pursued getting you with you and then you had sex, I assume, and then it kind of just kept going on from there. Is that the deal? That's correct. So he was leading you to believe now that he had this girlfriend at the time. He he actually made me, um, he just kept calling her a, the, a girl, or he didn't actually even say formally girlfriend. So he just said that he was talking to this girl, um, but he was happy to see me and things like that. And that's kind of where he led from that point of view. And so what did you talk about, if anything, at that time? Uh, I assume you weren't there for that long, or were you doing a long distance back and forth? How many times have you seen him, or did you see him, when you were, quote-unquote, kind of feeling that you were back together? I uh, I didn't feel that we were back together, but I, I, I did go there um, for a wedding. So, um, But because of COVID and things like that, I actually had more time to spend there um, than I originally planned. Um, the wedding was actually just a very small get together with friends. It wasn't anything like that, but I did, my heart was set on seeing him to be honest. So that's why I went there as well. So, and I stayed there a little bit longer just to see, you know, how things would progress with him. But, um, and COVID actually helped with that because I didn't, you know, things were um, closed where I live. Our, our state was shut down. So, um, but when I was there, basically, um, I did tell him how I feel. I was very open. I said that, you know, I've had about three or three years um, to, to think about things and that I would like to, you know, um, to give us another chance. I told him that I wasn't um, upset about a lot of the things that happened. I've kind of, you know, understood him and I wasn't, he told me that he saw a difference, that I didn't approach him in like my usual you know, angry or not angry, but just kind of, you know, suspicious tone. Um, things felt very normal and I kind of poured my heart out to him and I basically let him know exactly. I wasn't, you know, beating around the bush at all. But um, I did notice that he wasn't exactly on board um, that you would expect someone that, you know, has been trying to get with a girl for, you know, about three years. But what did he say to you? He told me that he was talking to another girl, that she did live out of state. Um, he did say that he was, you know, he didn't like the fact that we weren't together for about like the three years. He told me that he wasn't sure how he felt, that he kind of felt himself moving on. Um, he did. He wasn't sure how it would be looked upon, like with his family. Um, he, I could feel that he didn't know that, you know, the spark that we had, I felt like it just wasn't ignited as it was. But then again, when we saw each other, it was like the sexual tension was there. I could tell that he really did like miss me and like to see me. Um, it wasn't just sex as well. We actually like, you know, watched a movie together, like in his bedroom and like cuddling together. He wouldn't let me go. He actually slept with me in his arms like the entire night. 
every time that we would sleep together, it wasn't just sleeping and then separate. It was like cuddling afterward and just being together. And, you know, I could tell he enjoyed being with me. It was, it was the same. It's that feeling of like, all of your dreams are coming true in that moment. And you're just in that moment and you're very happy. So, of course, it felt like in that moment, all of your dreams, the amount of time and history that the two of you shared, of course, he wanted you. Of course, you wanted him. Of course, it felt like that. And what happens for us as females is that you connoted that that meant something more for him than in the moment. Now, this is going to sound um, different for you, but I'm going to give you kind of an overview because there's so much here, of course, because you've been together a lot and you've had many breakups. And this for you as a woman doesn't mean much in terms of how you can feel about him, see him, um, in every way make an assessment of him and know who he is and feel for him in the way that you do. That all makes sense. But for the man, it's quite different. And for you to have a shot at getting back with him, you are going to have to understand this on a very deep level. Because it seems, from your point of view, and I understand this completely, very almost black and white. You know, you would not have slept with him had you not wanted more with him. Is that correct? Okay. You know that that is not true for men. Correct? I do, yes. Okay. But a man will, of course, want to be with you and show you those intense feelings in the moment because he'd had them as well. In other words, you're not crazy for thinking that he was in that moment where you were in terms of feeling for you. Do you know what I mean by that? I do, yeah. Okay. However, it's exceedingly different, and he actually told you what you need to know about his experience of it and why he is much more, in a way, confused about it. But his confusion is that is, is very different than yours. And here's how it works. As a woman, you're feeling like you're getting mixed messages from him. And you are, right? That's true. You totally are getting mixed messages. Because you as a woman, you would not, and, and hearing your story, I understand that you 
if you had had someone else back home or someone else that you were seeing, you would not have slept with him. Is that likely true? I've never cheated, so yes, that's completely true. Mm-hmm. But that's not true for him. You know that about him. It could have even been true when you were living with him, right? Because you didn't know where he was and what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He's male, and it generally isn't quite the same for males. And I'm, I'm not making him a bad person at all. Don't get me wrong. We have to understand males, and males will do what is allowed in the context of any relationship. And when I say allowed, meaning the woman doesn't just walk out, or he knows that he can, quote-unquote, get away with it, or many variations of that. And again, I'm not impugning him for that. Some men could not do that, but I'll tell you why he actually felt he could. And this could be a bit of mind-boggling to you because you sound like an extremely uh, caring, considerate, wonderful woman that he has known and would know from how you've presented that you would not cheat, that that's just not who you are. Is that a fair statement? That's absolutely true. Okay. But here's what will be mind-blowing about it. For many of you who listen to me, uh, understand my work, watch me on YouTube, you know that I work from a very foundational principle that couldn't be more true, and it was probably understood earlier, but that Sigmund Freud qualified for us and put to language. And that is the deepest thing in the male brain, we call it our reptilian brain, the oldest part of the brain that doesn't have language, and that is what is known now as Freud's Madonna or dichotomy. Have you heard me talk about that? No. Okay. Do you know about it from Freud's work? No, I've actually never heard about that, about that before. Okay. It is foundational, and it is one of the, I say, one of the most unfair things that is in us as the human animal. What do I mean by that? Freud qualified, and it was called at the time, and for many, many years, they just recently changed the last part of it, into Freud's Madonna-Whore dichotomy from the Madonna-Whore complex. And Madonna, of course, being Mother Mary. For younger people listening, it's not Madonna the singer. 
or if you are not familiar in the Judeo-Christian Madonna as Mother Mary. So it's opposites. And it's the law of opposites in the male brain that women do not have in the same way as men do. And this is in large part biological, anthropological, sociological. But if we deal with the biology of it, it's very simple that men put women in one of two categories according to how the woman presents to the male. This can be simply in pictures before they even meet you. And it's why it's so important to put yourself in the right category for what you want in a relationship. Here's why you are so incredibly confusing to Michael. And I want to use some things that he talked about in terms of um, what he said to you at that first, uh, last summer, summer of 2020. So here's um, a, a start. It's because men place us in one of two categories, and they do this almost instantaneously from the sight of us. And this is getting more and more confusing for males because in our Western society, the relaxation of certain things in terms of dress and way of presenting ourselves on social media and the posing that women will do, the sexualizing, in other words, of us. But Michael always puts you in the Madonna category from the start. Would you say that's fair? I would. Okay. But here's what happened. Madonna for men is woman that you respect, revere. She is relationship material. She is marriage material. She is mother material. And as he's grown older, and he is even thinking more along these lines now, the more confused he is for two reasons. One is, woman in Madonna category would, uh, or I should say, she always, because this is the black and white of the male brain, and this is, is so profound, because women don't have this. We have a fattier corpus callosum that goes on top of our brain, and it makes our brain think in much more contextual ways, especially in this arena. We don't think necessarily black and white about a male. We can when the evidence is so profound that a male is a quote-unquote, like a player, okay? But otherwise, 
we don't look at males in these black and white terms. We know that they can be all across the scale from right to left. But because men don't see us as that, and I'm not saying that they it would be better if they did, of course it would be better because we are not just in black and white. It's, it's, it's so unfortunate, but it is the case. And we must attend to what works for men. So he knows that in the first category, a woman who is in the Madonna category, she has expectations and would not allow herself to be with any man with whom she is not the one and only and moving towards a totally committed relationship, and that is marriage. Now, again, that may sound like mm, antiquated even, but this is in the male reptilian brain. It is why he is confused about you as being marriage and mother material because you presented to him throughout your relationship that you didn't care about that. You stayed in a relationship and living with someone that he knew he was getting away with something and you kind of did too. You see, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, but definitely damned if you stay with it. So things were set up, believe it or not, to have him, while he feels love for you, so confused and certainly not putting you in the right category of wife and mother. He doesn't know the change, and even if he did, he cannot process it in a way that you process change, change in him, change in people, because of the black and white nature. He even said to you, he kind of felt that he was moving on, but you stayed and continued to have sex. He said he felt the sexual tension, and believe it or not, that sexual tension leads them more towards the second category. And then, also, we have the sociological aspect, which, and if you read my book, you know all about this, that men make decisions about committing. And what they want most in the world is to show the world that their decisions are good decisions and that they don't fail from those decisions. And for him to kind of bring you back into the family whereby he feels somewhat maybe even shame is exceedingly difficult and an uphill battle. So you have things at a biological level which confusing. 
Because again, for the man, it's just simple black and white. In other words, you can think of the, the idea of good girls do or don't, bad girls do. You see? That's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Be- because he knows you. Then you've got the sociological. And we haven't even factored in the distance. Which for women, it's, it's quite easy for us to have long-distance relationships. But because of the puppy principle, it is not at all easy for a man to have a long-distance relationship. So, Amanda, what are you thinking now about all that I just said, and what are your questions? That was actually so insightful. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. I'm kind of blown away, actually, right now. Um, I did want to say that uh, because I did have a very close connection with his family, um, his sister within the time of us not being together. Um, I did uh, go to her wedding, but then she got pregnant right away after I moved away. I do have, um, I have been in speaking terms with her. I've seen, she sends me uh, pictures of her children all the time. And then also this summer when I was um, in Chicago, I actually met up with his mom two times. And we went on a uh, girls' day. So we did join together. We went out and shopping for home items. And then she took me to lunch. And then um, we actually went back to her home and we spent time together there as well. And then, um, so that happened. And then I did, uh, his sister actually was going to have a baby, another baby while I was there. And so um, they invited me to her home while her and her husband were in the hospital. And so I got to meet um, his niece that I haven't met before. And then um, I was there with uh, his mom and his dad for a few hours with them. And so we were just talking outside. We were trying to, you know, do the distancing. So we just set up chairs outside six feet apart. And we were just together while she was playing with the dog, um, his niece was. And how, so I hold on. And how has this related to him, been related to him, or in your dealings with him, how does this all come together? Because you can have, have, as anyone, you can have um, interactions with family members, but what on the back side of it, on his side of it, what does he believe is going on? Um, Just when you said that, you know, to his decision to make sense for the family or, you know, things like that. I feel like the family, I know that they know that we have issues, you know, in the past before, but this summer I did make a point to actually meet up with them. And I felt like they were positive and I wanted him to see that as well, that me and him, me and them can be together without him in the picture and it would be a good interaction you know, just to make sure that he saw that there wasn't any um, bad or harsh feelings or anything like that. So I just wanted to mention it. It's not a big deal, but just so that you know. Okay, so here's the, the thing. It's not that there's bad feelings. In other words, there doesn't have to be bad feelings on the part of the family. That's not 
And I'm glad you, you know, you gave me that um, background, but it's not about that. They can like you as a person. They cannot have any bad feelings about you or the past or anything of the sort. This is about him as a man and his decision making. Now, I know that that could feel like, well, it doesn't really make sense, but it's much deeper than that for him. And what you kind of showed is that you are willing to be in the second category with him. You're even willing to show his family that you are. Now, that is going to seem really, wow, out there. But unfortunately, this is likely at play. And what I mean by that is that if the family knows him at all, and they live there in that area, they know that there have been these other women and that there are the other women and that maybe there's even this quote-unquote girlfriend this past summer. Do you believe that to be true, that they know? Yes, they definitely do. I know that for a fact, actually. Okay. So what, unfortunately, he as a man feels like not only... With him, are you in second category, but you also are with the family. Believe it or not. And this is what is so frustrating, angering, damning. It's not something that you want to hear, I even want to say, but unfortunately, I believe it to be totally the case. Now again, doesn't make you in the man's eyes a bad person. It doesn't make you any less desirable or even lovable. Not at all. What it does make, however, for the man is exceedingly difficult to marry you because of a foundational thing that I say all the time. What you do with him, he thinks you could do, would do, or are doing with other men. That's part of the dichotomy. So there would be quite a bit of work to be done for you. And, and I'm not saying it's not possible. It could be possible, but it will be through time and it will be you doing things quite differently from here on out. Does that make sense? It does, and I'm ready to do whatever <laughs> you, let you tell me because all this information is amazing. I didn't even, never thought of things like that before. It's so great that you get it. And, and, you know, I heard something the other day which is so, I think, profound. It's um, even, like you said, this is new to you, but when you hear 
something like what I just said that's totally different or new, it's the truth in you responding simply to the truth of what I said. That you already know it. And that's what's so cool. You're not bucking it. Because our society bucks it at every turn. And it makes our men so confused. Now, I believe that's unfortunate in that the the most profound thing that's unfortunate is that this is in males. It's in them biologically, and we can go uh, anthropologically if you want to know more about why it exists. You can read somebody like Desmond Morris, the human animal, or many, many, um, many, many things on why it exists. But it does for propagation of the species, which is, you know, why we are put here. And men did uh, utilize this, and they have utilized this thing in their brain from time and memoriam to pick appropriate women in order to uh, propagate the species. It's almost Darwinian, so to speak. It's, it's too bad, but that's what it is, and we have to attend to it in order to allow a man to feel absolutely 100% confident in one thing in terms of us being their one or their partner. And that is that we will be faithful. And that any offspring that come from being with us and protecting us, that's what they did in the wild, is theirs. And heretofore, before DNA, how did they know that? They didn't. They had to go on their perception. And how did they go on their perception? Not from what the woman said, but what she did and what she did with him. And ergo, my, my saying, what you do with him, he thinks you do with all men. So we can turn it around, perhaps, but it's going to take some time. Here's what I hear you have going in your favor. He feels a lot for you. His family feels a lot for you. There is love there. There is history there. There is all manner of good things there. And this new woman in his life is relatively new. It doesn't mean that he's ready. And I don't know that he's ready to commit. I'm not hearing it, and I'll tell you why. If this were the one, the girl this summer, mm, let me ask you something about him before I finish that statement. Do you mm -hmm. think he's a guy with a good conscience? It, yes, I do, actually. Okay. 
Does he feel guilt and shame? Yes, I could tell that he felt guilt the next day uh, when we first slept together. Okay. Okay, so that's good. Can I also mention something else when mm-hmm. you were saying about that? Mm-hmm. So um, what I did notice when he reached out for me for my birthday, um, I figured that something was going on with them. So I actually, because we all have such mutual friends, I found uh, her profile on Instagram, and I noticed she wasn't following him. She actually unfollowed all of his friends in Minnesota, all of his family. She unfollowed his sister, his cousins, his best friend, his cousins' wives, his cousins, like everybody. So I was like, wow, that's why he's reaching out to me. I thought that they broke up. So I actually, on her profile, she unfollowed all of them, but she made her profile public. And what I saw was, so she's actually a bottle service girl in the club, and she is seven years younger than him. And then she also has photos of herself in bikinis and thongs. Mm. So that actually also made me look at, like, why, you know, and I don't, don't get me wrong, I actually have been, like, in magazines. I used to be... Um, I used to do pageants and things like that, but it's not that, you know, the song or the bottle service girl. Like, I actually had a corporate job, so it's just totally different. And she just turned 26. So when I was looking at the profile, I thought that was so interesting because, oh, and then on top of that, when I did go and I slept, you know, I could tell that he felt guilty the next day. And I told him and I said, you know that I wouldn't be with you if I was with someone else because, you know, I, I could tell that he felt guilty. But he actually told me, he said, I know you and I know that you're not with anyone else. I just feel guilty about like, we sh-, you know, I knew that he felt bad because he had the other girl. I didn't know at that time that that was like, a pos- I, I can almost say that she was probably his girlfriend at that time. That's why he felt that guilty. It wasn't just a girl that he was talking to, you know? So, um, and then after we slept together, he actually wanted to see me again. But I was the one that told him, I said, I, because you have that other girl, I don't want to, I felt actually really guilty because, you know, for the other girl, because I put myself back in the shoes of what he was doing to me towards the end of our relationship. So I told him, I said, I don't want to do to this girl what you were doing to me at the end because it really sucks, you know? And that's when he told me, he text messaged me the next day and he said, I'm, oh, I'm in a different place in my life. Like maybe we shouldn't see each other, which I already told him we shouldn't, you know? So it's just that whole Madonna thing also, it's kind of interesting because I look at this girl and I'm like bottle service girl lives in a different state and I know him. He's the type of guy that he cannot. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to cut you off because I understand. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's great that you know this about her. And it's great that you know it about him in terms of him feeling the guilt. And that's why it was so profound that I find that out. Mm-hmm. And then also that he is not in a place at this time to be serious. You see, he is probably with this gal. If you say she's on social media in the thongs and stuff like that, you know, unfortunately, 
because it means nothing. And the fact that she's a bottle girl means nothing about who she is. She can be the most, you know, moral, uh, faithful, loyal, honest woman. That's just what she does for her job and makes her living at. Correct? That's true. However, again, for the male, that's a hard one to wrap his brain around. It's too confusing. So even if she is his girlfriend and he's being uh, mostly faithful to her, it, it produces guilt that he stepped out on her. And she's not the issue here at all. What I can tell you, which is good for you to hear, she's not the issue. Because this is not the woman who is going to likely be his wife and mother of his children. And can I say something else, too? Mm -hmm. The only reason that I reached out to you as well is because when I saw that profile and then um, I, what I noticed is that he actually... Uh, she went to Florida for her birthday. Her birthday is April 6th. His birthday is April 7th. Um, she actually posted a ton of bikini photos. And that's when he actually um, liked all of those bikini photos and made the comment that I saw, that's my girl, he did with the heart eyes. But she's in like a bikini in front of everybody, you know? So, and then... For their birthdays, they posted happy birthday, like my love, and things like that. So that's where I noticed that they were probably back together. Okay. But it doesn't, you see, that's, it doesn't mean she's in first category. She's showing herself in that way on social media. It provokes any man, whether she's a, a, a 10 or a 5, doesn't matter. He's going to say, yeah, the, my girl, so that guess what happens when she's in Florida? What do you think from the male perspective, guess what happens while she's in Florida? I agree. And right. that's why I thought, yeah. Yeah, hopefully she doesn't sleep with anybody else, right? Right. And that's why I thought maybe he wanted to, like, get her back, you know? But that's, like, not good. That's not a good foundation. It's not about getting her back. Uh-uh. It's not about getting her back. It's about having her not sleep with anyone while she's there. It's in, on the, it's in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's that immediate, I don't want anybody else to have her while she's away there. You see what I mean? Doesn't right. mean I'm going to commit. Doesn't mean anything more than in the moment. Now, we don't know absolutely right we don't know who she is but we do know she's posting these kinds of pics that's not really going to be helpful to have her in the first category and the fact that she is a bottle girl and you said you met him in a nightclub he gets the drill right he's having fun yeah and when i told you he's not ready I'm not hearing he's ready at all. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because you need the time. You need the time. You need the time for him to be ready. It's going to be what you do 
in the meantime and do things just a little bit differently, but you've got a lot of the, uh, the foundational stuff that can help you. So the message must be more clear. It must be very profound. It must be consistent. And in your case, you may actually be able to do something, although it's going to require quite a bit of thought. But if we were working together, it would be doing something and systematically seeing the results. But it's going to be changing things up a bit so that he feels right now what happens with these mixed messages he is not at all solid and you can do two things at once meaning you can show him I am in the first category and woman of value and what it is that you want while he is you know, you, you don't pay mind to the other relationship and you don't um you don't delve into that with him. It's it's a lot of uh it, it's it's very um contextual with what is going on because what I'm hearing is he you see, he just proved what I was saying to you. He's not into this girl for any kind of meaningful deep relationship. He's having fun, and she's in second category. He's put her there. We don't know if she is. I mean, remember, there is no real category for women. It's, it's, a, it's a, a foundational thing in the male brain. But I'm just telling you what he's doing, and she's not in that category. He just wants to show kind of, quote, unquote, if for lack of a better word, kind of ownership, and reminding her while she's away and looking hot in her thong bikini for all to see. Because he doesn't want the mouse to be playing around while he's not there. And that's very simple in 101 and understandable. But it doesn't mean that he has any thought of making her the one. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So... I hope this was helpful today because there is so much here that I'm hoping women can really understand that you have to get back to the foundational things. And the how you do it, well, that's something that we can't cover here in a, in a podcast because it's, it's each week. That's why I work with women in the Lure Him Back program, in the Lure Him In program, and my GPS, the Groom Positioning System, because it's all together. It's the commitment to it. Because we as women, we want what our heart wants, but unless we commit to it through the actual doing of what works for the man to understand, vis-a-vis how a man sees it, and understands it. And I'm hearing that you have a shot at it, Amanda. You absolutely do. I'm hoping that that gives you hope. It does. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It really, really does. And uh, we can talk more off the air about that. But for anybody who is in this situation, um, there is 
hope when you've been in the first category initially, uh, you, you hear the dichotomy of, for example, uh, the difference between Amanda and perhaps giving the impression like with the other woman that Michael is seeing in Florida, that it would be quite difficult for her, perhaps, to get into first category. But with Amanda, you have a better shot, but you do have to totally reset things, and you can't uh, be giving him mixed messages and or not being um, straightforward. Because even now, when you're interacting, this is first category stuff, when you're interacting with a man, what he is likely thinking right now, because he has believed that you are a gal that will live with someone, that you're not interested in getting married, that you don't really want to have kids, that you're more just kind of go with what is for the moment, that right now he's not suiting your needs. So you're just answering him here and there. That can't go on. It has to be profound. It has to be one time. And then you have to do through time what will allow him to get into his deepest feelings and then react with each subsequent thing that he does. Because this, of course, isn't over for you or for him. And I'm hearing that. And that's why you have hope. That's amazing. Uh, I'm I'm really hopeful for you. And again, we can talk more about that um, once we are are off the, the podcast here. I appreciate you doing this today because I hope it's helpful to hear these things, um, other women hearing these things through your experience. So I thank you again for doing that. Thank you so much, Paula. This has been so wonderful and insightful. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. So that was quite interesting in that not everything is so black and white. And when we come from things from our own female point of view, we can be sending mixed messages so easily to a man. And while this may seem like there is no hope with the distance and with all that has gone before them, all that water under the bridge, in this case, I believe that there is. But it's what Amanda will do from here. And she can no longer give the mixed messages that she is giving. So glad that she could see that. I find that for all of us, there just comes to a place when we start to get it. And when we do, that's when we do things differently, and that's when we can have a different outcome. It's scary, anxiety-provoking. It's super challenging. But anything worthwhile is a challenge. And when you open up to what really goes on for men, you can much more readily uh, quote-unquote speak their language 
and much of that is um, is an art because you won't typically be saying much. It's what you do. Because again, men relate via action, not verbalization. There has to be a combo here, and certainly there's going to have to be some communication here with Amanda and Michael that is much more straightforward, value-based, and not seemingly play Michael's game that has been played uh, in a way that has assuaged uh, some of his anxiety, but then ramped it up and he feels that he has no footing underneath him in this relationship. And so he will be going to others and, and having fun with many pretty puppies, likely in the second category. I know his heart is likely with Amanda, and there has to be a lot done here that allows him to feel secure in that. Michael's feeling no security now, and that will have him all over the place. And you watch, I have a YouTube video about exes reaching out. And he will be reaching out in all manner of anxious states and in the moment to just know whether or not he still has her there to even just answer. That's if she continues to do what she's doing. Things must be different. And that's what my Lure Him Back program is all about, along with my GPS, the groom positioning system. Because when we get right with ourselves and our message to the man and in the right category, which Amanda can can put herself in and reset his feelings, reset his thoughts, reset all about this, then he can go about restarting the possibility of a real committed relationship leading to what Amanda wants, marriage and children. That can happen. So for you here, I hope you're subscribed to this podcast, also to my YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Please follow me there, Coach Paula Grooms. In the meantime, until we're talking again, make sure that with every man in your life, in the subtle, very small ways that you are making him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.